0: Hello and welcome to another message from Aldinga Bay Baptist Church. If you'd like to find out more about us or what we believe, please visit aldingabaybaptist.org.au Just listening to the Bible reading and it's been really special uh, just hearing the songs and singing the songs, listening to the item and singing the songs. It's such a sacred day we commit ourselves to you we thank you for your great love that's been showed for us in Jesus speak to our hearts today we pray in Jesus name amen well thanks uh, to all that have been part of the service today and and uh, it's been it's certainly been a solid week for us this week hasn't it uh, for those of us at Odinga Bay Baptist and it's it's been a difficult time and so it's actually really good that it's Easter, isn't it? Just to be able to stop and to be able to focus on uh, this very special weekend and all that it means. And so what I would like to do today is just really look at the first part of that Bible reading that uh, that Mary's brought for us, which is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, Jesus in agony uh, mentally, emotionally in Gethsemane. And then I just basically want us to ask a simple question, and, and that is, Uh, And that is, uh, what does Gethsemane teach us about Good Friday? What is it saying about Good Friday? What is it saying to us? And that's what I want us to think about. Today is really just a service to remember, isn't it? It's just a time to stop and to remember Easter and all that it means, such a sacred time. And so really two thoughts I just want to come out of this, and that is uh, the anguish of Jesus and then his trust, okay? So the anguish and his trust. Let me just read the first part of that reading to you again. Matthew 14, just listen to the anguish. It's it's so deep in here. And they went to the place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And then he went and took with him those really his closest friends, Peter and James and John. And he began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death, remain here and watch. And then going on a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. Well, that's very deep, isn't it? You know, so I reflect on that passage right there, and I was thinking about it this week. I thought, we well, you know, right through Mark's Gospel, uh, we see Jesus in a very different way to what we see him right here. Uh, right through Mark's Gospel, what's really true is that Jesus is never out of his depth. That's, that's true. It's always the case. We, we love that about him. You know, the people come to him that are, are sick and are dying and nobody can help them, but Jesus can help them. He steps in and he heals them. And the disciples come to him, sorry, the, the uh, Pharisees come to him and the religious leaders come to him with uh, accusations and they're trying to bring him down. And, and Jesus knows exactly what to say. And even that story, this, the wonderful story that's replayed again and again Jesus in the boat in the Sea of Galilee and hears his disciples. And there's a great storm. And even though many of them have spent their life on the water, they are fearful. They think they're going to die. And what's Jesus doing? He's asleep in the boat. It's like he's not even worried. He's never out of his depth. That's the thing that we see about Jesus, isn't it? And it's worth, to, it's worth contrasting that with what we see right here because now all of a sudden it seems that Jesus is out of his depth. He is staggering. And the words, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup. Oh, that's powerful. And that's what I want us to think about just as we start today. Jesus is staggering under the load. And why is it that, he, that he's in so much turmoil? Why is it that he's in so much anguish? Well, the answer's right before us, isn't it? It's the cup. Remove this cup. So the cup is pretty easy to understand what it is, really. It's an idiomatic metaphor. All right? It's a term that the Hebrews used often, and it was something that they received from the hand of God. And sometimes... It was the cup of salvation. And so you can imagine that, can't you? The cup of salvation is, here's this cup, drink it, and it's sweet. And it gives life, and it's beautiful. But then there's other times and many other times in the Bible where it's the cup of God's wrath. And God says, drink this, and it's bitter. And you stagger under it because it is the wrath of God. And that's exactly what is happening at this point in time. Jesus is staggering under the wrath of God. Of God, he's receiving that. And that's how it goes, isn't it? You know, cursed is everybody who's hung on a tree. He who knew no sin became sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. He was accursed, so we could be set free. That's that's what's happening on Good Friday. That's what Jesus foresees, and he's staggering under the weight of that. I want us to stop and pause and think about that this morning because it actually says something about us, doesn't it? That's what it's, it's actually saying something about us because this is about substitution. I reckon, I reckon that one of the most confronting things and one of the things that we struggle with the most about the gospel, in my opinion, see what you think, but I think one of the things we struggle with most about the gospel, gospel is this idea of our own personal wickedness. It just, we want to think better of ourselves than that. And we, we don't easily buy into it. And in a world of, of uh, expressive individualism, we find that increasingly hard. But then I think, you know, it's always been that way, really. We have always struggled with this idea of personal wickedness. And this is how it goes. We think that uh, as people, we, we think of ourselves as basically good but with the ability sometimes to do bad things. And sometimes we, we see examples of people doing terrible things. We see it all the time in the news. We, we see these stories. And what do we say? We say, Are oh, they monsters, those people. Look at them. And maybe they are. Maybe they are for the things that they've done. But there's a problem, I reckon, with that statement, look at those monsters, is it's kind of a them and an us, isn't it? It's like they have done that, they have done that, but I would never do that. That's what we say. I would never do that. I don't have the capacity to do something as terrible as that. And maybe so. But I, I don't know, really. When I read through the Bible, I see that the bubble of our goodness actually gets burst again and again. And I think that's worth hearing as we come to Good Friday because it's all about that, you see. See, there's a couple of times in the Bible where I see examples of this. Like there's this time when the rich young ruler comes to Jesus. Do you remember that story? And he says to Jesus, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, stop right there. Good, why do you call me good? Nobody is good but God. Ah. Now, I don't think Jesus is saying that because he's trying to diminish his own divinity. He's saying that because as you read through the story, you realise there's something about this rich young ruler he actually thinks he is good. And so do other people. And Jesus is saying to him, you are not good. You are actually not good. Only God is good. And then there's another time, it's even more confronting. You read through another story in the Gospels and Jesus is talking to his disciples about prayer. And he's talking about how good God is and how generous God is. And then he says to his disciples, you who are evil, if you know how to good give good give, good." Give good gifts to your children. How much more does God? But you, know, you are evil. That's a that's a big statement. You sort of look over your shoulder. Who's he talking to? Who is he talking to? Well, he's actually talking to the disciples. He's actually talking to pretty good people by our standards. I think that is really worth hearing, isn't it? We look at ourselves and we say we're basically good, but sometimes we do bad things. But when I read through the Bible. It says something very confronting. It says that we are we are actually evil, and sometimes we do good things. That's what it 's saying about the human heart. I don't know whether you're willing to buy into that, but that's what it's saying. No one is righteous, no, not one. Their throats are like a like open graves, and lies you know come from their mouths, their feet are swift to shed blood. It goes on, it's just talking about humanity. There is something really dark within us, isn't there? And that comes home to us because here we are Good Friday and here we are in Mark 14 and we think about Gethsemane and Jesus is staggering under the weight of the wrath of God only because he is standing in our place. It is our wrath that he is taking upon himself. And so when I read this passage here, there's something that really strikes me, and it's very important for us to understand in here, and that is that the wrath that Jesus anticipates at Gethsemane is actually our future, unless we look back to the cross of the past. That's what's going on. The wrath that Jesus anticipates and he staggers under it is your future unless you look back to the cross of the past. You know, the depths of turmoil that Jesus goes through are far deeper than what I think we can appreciate. It's so important for us to hear today. That's one of the things we need to hear as we come to Good Friday. There's a very serious and sober passage and thought that we need to take on board. The other thing about the passage in this is um, the idea of trust, the trust of Jesus. It's interesting, isn't it? Jesus says, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup. But then he says, but not my will, but your will be done. Now that's, that's powerful too, isn't it? Why does Jesus say that? Why does he go ahead with it? That's the, that's the great question, isn't it? And that's because, quite simply, and obviously really, because he trusts the will of the Father. He trusts his Father. He knows his Father is good. I heard it put this way, and I thought it was really apt. Uh, suffering is one of the hardest things that we can go through. And when we suffer, it is, there, are, there are two things that are crashing together in our life. One is our heart's desires. What are our heart's desires? Oh, we want life and we want happiness, don't we? That's what we want. But the second thing that comes against them when it's, when it's hard is our circumstances. And our circumstances at that time are taking life from us. They're causing death. They're bringing death. They're bringing calamity and they're bringing unhappiness. And so what do we do? Well, we say, I want to get rid of those circumstances so I can go after my heart's desires. But this is exactly what's happening here at Gethsemane. Jesus says, I'm going to follow the path of self-denial. I'm not going to remove the circumstances. I am going to take them on board. Not my will, but your will be done. And he does that because he trusts the Father. And that's the gospel story right there, isn't it? God is a, not a malicious God, but he is a God who loves. He made us for relationship with him. And we do not really understand life and we do not have perspective unless we know God. But we walked away because we want to do it our own way. But what does God do? Because we bring destruction into this world all the time through our failings because we are worse than what we really believe and we see it, we see it. We just don't like accepting it. But God starts a rescue mission and the climax of that is right here at Easter. Jesus goes to the cross. He takes the wrath of God upon himself. It's an excruciating death but he dies in our place in order that we might know God, in order that we might know forgiveness. You know what? I reckon that's so powerful, isn't it? It's such a beautiful story, the gospel, because it's actually changed this world. And of course it'll change this world because we believe in the afterlife. We believe that there is this world is not all that there is, but there is a God who loves us and he's made a way for us to be forgiven and brought into relationship with him. And he says... Even though you die, yet you shall live. And it changes everything because it means all of a sudden that we have perspective and we realise that our lives are framed around our relationship with God. And it means that we don't actually have to hold on to this life bare-knuckled, clinging by our, finger, by our fingernails and try and get everything our own way. No, rather we can actually lose our life and live for others. We can be sacrificial, Because we can say, I'm going to live for something bigger than this. I'm going to care for others. It's not all about me. And not only that, but we can forgive ourselves because we all need forgiving because we know the secrets in our hearts. We know our failings. We beat ourselves up all the time. There's so much distress and anguish in this world. But we can actually forgive ourselves because we've been forgiven by what Jesus did for us on the cross as his blood was shed, as he took the wrath of God upon himself. It's all about forgiveness. He has paid the price and we can forgive others. We don't have to beat other people up. We can say you are a failed person, but so am I and I love you. And we can have humility and we can hear each other. See, the gospel changes that. It makes for a better world, it changes us because we have a new lens through which to see things. That's the gospel. That's why Jesus goes to the cross. That's why he takes on this utter anguish. There's so much suffering and sadness in this world, and we, we're looking down the the you know, we're looking down the lens, down the barrel of that this week as we think about what's happened in the last week. Oh, we, we Many of us know suffering very well at the moment. But then I think, oh, Jesus suffered. He's not a God who looks on and doesn't care, but he is a God who suffered in our place. Greater ways than we can ever experience in order that we might Have life. He trusts the will of the Father. See, I think this is this is what we learn from Gethsemane. The suffering of Jesus is deeper than what we can ever imagine. But it's also going to be our future unless we look to him. But he trusts the will of the Father because the glory is far greater than what we can now fully appreciate. That's pretty much it. That's it right there. The agony is worse than we can imagine, but the glory is greater. And so Jesus goes ahead with it. Let's go into our day in a solemn way in many ways, remembering this Good Friday, remembering Easter Sunday is coming, remembering what it means and what it says about us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this text. Pray that you'd speak into our lives. Help us to hear it, see ourselves know the joy and change us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.